This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. It's a time to hang out with Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. Good morning. And along with the staggering reports and images of catastrophic criminality and communist-inspired chaos, have come some very inspiring stories of heroic individuals who rescued their neighbors, who protected shops and industries and their communities, and even protected police from rampaging mobs. For example, when a riotous mob of looters was heading towards the spa supermarket, police station, and garage in Mayville near Durban, the captain, Captain Stoli, reported to superiors that he only had four police officers to protect the supermarket and the uh, police station next to it and the garage that was on the other side. And he has informed no backups, no reinforcements available. You are on your own. And uh, a captain Satoli reports, we were under attack. We wanted, they wanted to loot the spa. They were acting in accordance with notices that were inciting them to first loot and then burn down the place. And they were doing just that. And they were going for the business premises and burn them afterwards. So imagine, after losing the spa, the second thing on their target was the police station and then the garage. But the captain refused to flee from his duty. Abandoned by his superiors, this police captain turned to the community police forum chairman, and the CPF swung into action and quickly mobilized more than 60 armed citizens from the community, included some private security personnel, hmm. who were able to drive off the marauding mob before they damaged the spa supermarket and the shopping complex there, and the petrol station opposite, which was also targeted for burning and looting. And Captain Satoli said he was so moved by the community spirit he saw on that day as the community came forward, left their homes, left their comfort, left their safety, and spent that whole day and night on the roads barricading, doing access control, and providing ammunition to the police who were out of supplies and vulnerable to the lawless mobs. Mm. And this kind of report of one from a number of different sources that police had been requesting for a long time, rubber bullets, tear gas, not just for months, but for years, and not getting the supplies they needed. And they knew this was coming by monitoring social media and so on. Mm. They knew this was being organized, it was being planned, and uh, they were on their own. It wasn't just the average citizen on their own. In many cases, the local police were on their own. And uh, yet stability was established by vigilant civilians and private security companies. This police captain reported it was the CPF. If it was not for the CPF, the garage would not be here. Some places have been completely looted. If you go south of Durban, some areas there's no shops. Clarewood is finished. Montclair is finished. But because of this community and their togetherness and because of their commitment, we have the shops still standing and the Mm -hmm. place is safe. Now, on a number of occasions, private businesses stepped in to donate ammunition to the police and the private security companies who were overwhelmed during the latest riots. The private citizens and responsible neighbors at Maponia Mall in Soweto, for example, mm-hmm. protected lives and property from being ransacked and battered by fire as Jubilani Mall had just been. And whereas in many cases uh, there was testimonies and reports and video footage that many of us have seen of police literally standing by as spectators while mobs of thousands looted warehouses, ransacked shopping centers, burned down entire shopping complexes. 
warehouses and factories, uh, there were cases where communities came together and stood by the police and even protected the police when they were being threatened. And then there were vulnerable truck companies and transporters who were protected by farmers. Uh, there's a farmer van der Merwe uh, who, uh, close to Pongola on the N3 in Natal, uh, he provided sanctuary for these trucks that were very vulnerable. Trucks along the N3 were being targeted for firebombing and looting. And uh, so this farmer opened up his farm. I've seen amazing uh, drone footage of, of hundreds of these stranded trucks included. And they uh, opened up fields and brought them in, and community people gathered around and uh, provided meals for them as they couldn't move because the N3 was blocked whichever way they went, they were going to get uh, stoned and uh, petrol bombed and looted. And other communities organized emergency supplies to communities in KZN who were now without food and medicines because they're looting. For example, community members from Azadville near Johannesburg drove 32,000 loaves of bread to a vulnerable community in Durban at their own expense and provided their own security. Another community organized a charter flight to bring in essential supplies to KZN communities besieged by riotous mobs. There was a sports shooting club that reloaded ammunition for the local SAPS who were out of ammunition mm. and who were in danger of being overwhelmed by a plundering horde. And quoting from one of our contacts in KZN, here we are after tumultuous week uh, during which an orchestrated attack on law and order was launched and largely thwarted due to primarily thousands of armed South African citizens who stood in the way of anarchy, defended themselves, their families, their communities, and in many cases, the police. Taxi drivers and farmers stood shoulder to shoulder Nigel to prevent rampaging hordes of looters from pillaging the town. Armed citizens guarded Napomia Mall in Soweto to prevent it being looted, ransacked, and gutted by fire, like Jubilani Mall had been. Mm. Countless communities in KZN were guarded day and night by armed citizens, and, as, and this was after this horrible initial murder spree and uh, a firestorm were initiated. And while in many communities people were left on their own and there was no police or army to be seen, and yet many communities stood together and uh, they not only protected themselves and their neighbors, but in many cases came to the support of police who were completely abandoned by their high-ups and did not have what they needed to be able to restore order. And so good people stood up to evil and triumphed. And, and it's been commented that any possible justification now for this proposed firearm amendment bill, which would take away self-defense as a legitimate reason for owning a firearm mm. and effectively disarm a private citizens, has been discredited. Because as if to punctuate the irony the SAPS failed to protect two container loads of imported ammunition in their own secured area in Durban, losing 1.9 million rounds of ammunition that were stolen by plundering hordes in their own police yards. And lawful firearm owners saved lives and saved property. That, that's the whole uh, quote from the report that I, mm. I got there. And while uh, the explosion of devastating rights and, and this looting of shopping centres and a lot of malicious damage to property, while it ex- exposed the failure of government, there are many more inspiring untold stories of heroic individuals and communities who banded together to protect lives and property and restored law and order to communities that were threatened with studying lawlessness. 
In the Bible, we read in Psalm 55, verse 11, destructive forces artwork in the city. Mm. Threats and lies never leave its streets. But Nehemiah 4, verse 14 says, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And while government plainly failed, uh, they failed to adequately anticipate or warn of the clearly planned and orchestrated plunging and arson space, although some branch of government said they didn't know ahead of it, and they've got all the details, and the state security agency said, no, they, they got their intelligence on a roll. They had prior warning. They knew about this. And there's other branches of government who claim no, they didn't know. But uh, certainly there is no doubt that the state failed. It failed to protect lives and property. But many communities and civilians, they came through. They, they rose up. And now you see people who are coming together, not only feeding the hungry, cleaning up uh, messes, helping people who are vulnerable, helping to uh, restore and rebuild in their communities. And I think this is such a challenge for the church. This is a time for churches to stand up, to speak out, to step out, uh, to be involved, to be salt and light. The church cannot afford to be sidelined. It can't afford to be silenced. Uh, it is absolutely essential that the church recognizes that ministry and missions is essential. No politician has the right to describe the ministry of the church as non-essential. And uh, it is absolutely overdue time for the church now to stand up and to speak out and to step out and to get involved, as many churches are doing. Mm. But we need to uh, inspire those who have been intimidated into silence or who have been sidelined uh, into a lockdown lunacy. It is uh, absolutely essential that all parts of the body work, just as the writers may have had in mind to create a heart attack or a stroke to the economy by blocking the main arteries, the main, like National 3 and National 2, and uh, destroying warehouses and distribution centers and cell towers and so on. And uh, uh, as you know, if you've got a blockage in your arteries, it can cause a heart attack. If you've got a blockage mm. in any of the arteries leading to brain, it can cause a stroke. Well, economically, it's the same thing. There's no part of the body that can afford to be passive. If any part of the body shuts down operation, well, you've got health problems. It's not a life-threatening crisis. And so to have sidelined so many churches for so many months is actually just asking for trouble. And now we can plainly see what happens, the chaos that ensues when the church is considered non-essential and when church accepts that the Great Commission of our Lord Jesus Christ is non-essential. No. All true churches are essential, and it's absolutely essential that our churches wake up, open up, stand up, step out in faith, speak up, fight the good fight of faith, be good neighbors, be good Samaritans, and seek first the kingdom of God. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.